Welcome back to another episode of She's Busy AF. I'm your host, Lauren Loretto, and today we have Haley Dagan on the podcast. Haley is a very interesting person. I absolutely loved this conversation with her. Haley worked in hospitality marketing for almost a decade before losing her corporate job during the pandemic, which is something that is not dissimilar to, um, you know, a lot of you out there. (laughs) So instead of looking at other corporate marketing positions, she looked within and dove headfirst into entrepreneurship. And now less than three years later, leading a team of six, she brings her love of the written word and copywriting to help others do what they love to get more visible online. Haley is a mom of three under four, I believe, which is also crazy to me. She started her business. I believe she was pregnant. She's going to talk about it a little bit more. And so to me, it's just absolutely fascinating because she started this business. She had kids. She was being an entrepreneur and building a business all while having a family. And, you know, I'm not saying it's not an easy feat to start a business to begin with, but when you throw kids into the mix and a family into the mix, things can get crazy. As If you're a mom, you understand. You understand what mom guilt does. We talk a little bit about that. We talk about the work-life balance. Does that exist? And how can you create schedules or just have kind of a predictability in your day and in your life, but also be there for your team and be there for your business? It's been a minute since I've had another mama on the podcast in this capacity, so I'm really excited for you guys to hear this conversation. Haley and I have never met in person, but it's really funny. We don't live very far from each other, and we just got connected, you know, through the online space. So please enjoy this episode. It's a really good one. Haley's an absolute gem of a person. You're going to love her. Let's dive in. Hey, Haley, welcome to the podcast today. I'm really excited to have you here. How are you today, honestly? Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. I'm super excited to be here too. Um, Honestly, I'm great. I'm feeling really excited because I am in a new office space um, today that I've been waiting for for a long time. So I'm ready to dive into our conversation in my new space and really get into it with you. Okay, so all right, just so everybody knows, Haley's in Miami. I used to live in Fort Lauderdale. I relocated to the other coast of Florida in March. March, April? It's confusing. And so we might have had the opportunity to get together for this podcast had I I still lived in Fort Lauderdale. But I mean, whatever. We'll find a way to link up one day. So tell me about the office space because like over here on this coast, it is not like young professional oriented. Like I got to find an old school like medical building that's renting an office if I want an office space. (laughs) I know. I know. It's a little different over there on that West Coast. But no, you know, it's funny. I feel like everyone has moved or is moving to or wants to stay with remote work. And I love that. And I'm sure we'll get into our family lives. But as a mom of three, I definitely need that flexibility. There's days that I need to be home. And then there's days where I need a space to come in and put my head down. And I kind of felt like a nomad. Um, You know, sometimes I'd work at a coffee shop or sometimes I'd go into one of our clients' offices and have a day there. Or I had rented – I had a space at one of the co-working spaces where I would go a few days a month. And just be in like their general co-working space. And I just felt like I didn't have almost like a home for work. And I had looked into different office spaces here in Miami. And I found a great co-working space that's made up of all private offices. 
And we decided to get an office so that myself and my team could have like a home base for the written world, could come in and really just like put our heads down, be productive, but also have the capacity to collaborate, um, you know, create content together, invite clients into our space here. So yeah, I'm really excited about it. So is the majority of your team in Miami? So the majority of my team, yes, is in South Florida. Um, I have one that's from here but has recently moved to St. Augustine, but she still comes down for lots of in-person working. And then we have one that's in North Carolina, but everyone else is Florida-based. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah, our Mm -hmm. team is like kind of Florida-based, but no one's in like the same area. So that has Mm -hmm. to be so fun to like – and now that you have a base, oh, that is super awesome. It's great. Yeah, I I keep like looking at the space and I'm like, okay, what am I going to put here? And I want to get one of those like fun neon signs for us to create content in front of. So I have lots of ideas in my head. Oh, that is so cool. I can't wait to come visit you there. Yes, for sure. Um, So talk to me a little bit about your transition from corporate marketing to entrepreneurship. How did you get here? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, I never envisioned myself as an entrepreneur. Honestly, I loved working in my corporate job. I worked for a really large hospitality organization and I loved it. And I never saw myself going anywhere different. Um, I figured I'd climb the ladder, end up in some, you know, chief marketing position one day. And that was my aspirations. And I think a combination of the pandemic, which of course was a major reset for almost everybody, Um, And then having my first baby, I really took the time. I was laid off during the pandemic. Um, I took the time to really figure out, like, what is it that I want to do with this next step? And I actually had started The Written World in 2018. It was more like side hustle, side passion project. I just thrive on chaos and being busy, which as a mom of three is just my MO these days. Um, But for me, I said, you know what? I like want to do more. And I did a lot of in-person marketing and events. Um, so I said, I want to continue to blog and like have my own fun thing on the side. And I used to do it at night after work and on the weekends. So when I really had that moment of like, okay, what am I going to do next? I said, why don't I just see what happens with the written world? I had already had the LLC. I, you know, got the handle on Instagram. I actually had to like not fight with Meta, but I had to like request it and prove that this is my the name of my company and I wanted the handle. It had been inactive for some time. Um, and I started an Instagram page and kind of intended for it to just be, you know, the written world, but Haley um, and be able to service clients and create content and copyright for them. And it just snowballed. Um, and when I was pregnant with my second baby, I started having to turn down projects. I had to say, listen, I can help you, but I can't help you for another three months. And I was having a conversation with my husband and he looked at me like, wait a second, you're telling people no, people want to work with you and you're you're saying no, or you're putting them on a wait list. And I said, yeah, I mean, I'm only one person. He's like, okay, well, what do we need to do? What, who do you need? And what do we need? And I said, okay, I need to make my first hire. And that was back in 2021. And since then, I've made more hires. I have a team of full-time employees and contractors who I've worked with now for, you know, a few years. And we're now a full-service copywriting and content creation agency. So still thrive on the chaos, still love getting in there and, you know, having my way with words. 
but now running a team and being able to empower them to kind of be creative and service our clients in the best way possible. It's been a crazy but very rewarding journey. So how did you navigate the challenges of starting a business during the pandemic? Because yes, that was like a reset button for a lot of businesses, but that doesn't mean like finding clients is easy. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think I really, and I still believe in this to this day, I just always approached you know, business development, if you want to put a name to it, with a relationship first mentality. Um, when I started our Instagram page, it was all about just making connections. And I think especially given the conditions of the pandemic, everybody wanted to make connections and everybody wanted to form some sort of community and have that camaraderie while we're all, you know, stuck at home. And I think that those connections really fueled fueled the growth of the company. So I had a few individual businesses that had reached out and had seen the content and we started with small businesses, but I also developed these amazing relationships with other you know, entrepreneurs who had their own, you know, somewhat aligned agencies. They were doing just social media or they were doing website design or they were offering just SEO services. And the most difficult piece for them was that content piece. It was the most time consuming. It was the most finicky. It requires not only a way with words, but being able to really convey a message quickly and concisely. So I think that relationship first approach really benefited us early on because we developed amazing connections in this referral network almost immediately um, in starting. That's really awesome. That's really awesome. Okay. Well, kind of pivoting here, you know, you started this business with one baby. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now you have three and um, I only have one and I can't imagine. So I, I started Brand Good Time a year before I I even like thought about getting pregnant. And so, you know, obviously for me that changed so much about the trajectory of the business. So, mm-hmm. I okay, like you're superhero for like doing oh, this with a family. But I understand as a mother that balancing the responsibilities of running a family but also like getting back to your team or mm-hmm. like getting to your clients in a timely manner. I personally have a hard time like just putting my phone away, you know, and like being present with my kids sometimes because like things are exploding or I feel that they are, mm-hmm. aka like chaos. Yeah. <laughs> so how exactly. do you how do you manage your time and maintain a sense of organization and structure while juggling all of the above? It's a lot. So I definitely. It's doable, but it's also a lot. And I don't want to sugarcoat how much coordination and organization it does require. I'm very intentional with my time. And I think that that's really the only way you can be when you're so committed to so many different aspects of your personal life and your work life and your employees' lives. Um, For me, I'm super intentional. I live by my calendar. Even my friends are like, oh, do you want to meet for dinner? And I'm like, please put it on my calendar because if it's not on my calendar, it's not happening. So I'm very intentional with time blocking. I try to make sure like this is my time that's dedicated to client work. And I try really hard to keep that block, you know, from, from anybody else's hands except my own. Um, I block time for school drop-off. I block time for pickup, for lunch, for CEO time, for discovery calls, for client calls. And I really try to be – 
optimize my time as much as possible. And then when I'm in it, be really intentional. And same thing with my kids. So my team knows that once I get home, like it's dinner, bath time, bedtime, like those hours totally send me a message, but you're not going to get a response until like eight o'clock when all three of my kids are in bed and asleep. And I think just being able to create that time, be intentional with it, and then set those boundaries. And when I say boundaries, I don't love the whole like, oh, you're not going to ever speak to a client after hours or, you know, oh, this time is only for you. And this is your CEO time and no one else, you know, can interrupt you. I'm not that rigid with it, but I do try to make everybody aware that this is, you know, what's going on and where, where I'm working. And if it's not something that's urgent, let's put it in the list we use in terms of business tools. We live in you know, breathe by ClickUp. So everything goes into ClickUp and we have flags and we have color coding and we have statuses. So we know like really what's immediate priority and what can I get to, you know, in my next block or what can I get to tomorrow? Um, So that's really like the best way to do it. And it's funny because people will talk about social media and, you know, love it, hate it. It's obviously a huge part of everyone's lives. But I almost think that social media has made me more intentional with my time with my kids because I'm I always say like even as a marketer I'm like a marketer's dream because I follow all of the you know um, the customer journey like to the T um but I my algorithm always serves me with children and kids and parents and videos like that on my personal Instagram and I think watching that and seeing like your kids are only young for so many years and this time goes so quickly and one day you're going to wish that your house was a mess and you're going to wish that there was toys all over the place. Those really stick with me. So when I am with my kids, I really try to, you know, not worry about anything that must be going on. If someone needs me, they can call me. And I try to just focus on, you know, each task one thing at a time until I'm able to cross off my to-do list. Wow. So do you open your computer once the kids go down? Usually? I do. Yes. Yeah. I do, even if it's just to organize myself. It's not always that I'm necessarily doing work, but I'll go into ClickUp and I'll just organize myself. I know if I didn't get to finish something, you know, today and it's priority and it has to go out tomorrow, then I'm, you know, revising my schedule. I'm moving my time blocks and I'm making sure that I have the space I need to get that task accomplished the next day. So even if I'm not doing, you know, work, I am organizing myself. I'm always doing something. It's very rare that I don't get onto my computer after hours, but I also feel like it's my time of peace because I'm not getting inundated with emails. I don't have kids running around. Um, So I really have that time to just like, you know, go through, decompress and get, you know, either something finished that I didn't get to finish during the day or set myself up for success the next day. Yeah, I feel like um, online space and like that whole culture from 2020 and let's just say 2021 as well, really Mm -hmm. like shamed that, really shamed like working at night. And like, I don't know if that was a very holistic picture. And I'm more in favor of like, okay, do what works for you. And I don't want to feel shame associated with when I decide to open my computer. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) And I think, you know what, listen, the world is no longer a structured nine to five. And that's what so many people are are fighting for now. Like they want to stay remote. They want to have the flexibility. Listen, you know, when I was in the corporate world, if I had to go to a dentist appointment, I had to take PTO to do that for two hours or three hours or whatever it was. Like that's not the culture that I have for my team. So if my team has to run during the day to an appointment or their dog, you know, has a vet appointment or their kid is sick, 
and they want to log in later at night to work, like there's no shame in that, you know? So I think totally hear you on that, but I think there's nothing wrong with making the schedule that works best for you, especially when you're balancing things. And if it's going to make you less stressed to get something checked off your list at night, like by all means do it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way. And I like, I'm also that person that gets on like Sunday and like organizes the week mm-hmm. because Monday, like the flood of questions come in, you know, exactly. you know how it is. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what are some unique challenges you've had to face as a business owner with small children? So I think it's just that that constant like voice in the back of your head, like, am I doing the best job for everyone? Um, obviously, I want to do the best job for our clients. I want to do the best job for our team. I want to do the best job for my kids, for my husband, for our families. Um, and I think it's just like that little voice in the back of my head that's like, you know, are you really doing everything the best way you can? Are you really maximizing your time? Like sometimes I feel guilty where I'll be like, oh, I just went into like a rabbit hole in social media and like just scrolled through my LinkedIn or went through, you know, my Reels feed and I'll I'll feel guilty. Like, wow, I could have just used that 15 minutes to do something else. And, you know, so I think it's just that like constant voice that you have that's like, really, are you doing the best job that you could be doing at all times? Um, And I find it, it's a challenge sometimes to quiet that voice, but knowing that you can only do your best and you're not going to be operating on a hundred at all times. You are not going to be able to wake up every day and give a hundred to every single person that needs something from you, whether it's your children, whether it's your team, whether it's your clients. And it's okay to have those days that are not perfect. Um, as long as you know how to maximize, recover, um, and just put your best foot forward every day, then, you know, you're making small steps to success. Yeah. Well, kind of on that note and speaking about team, (laughs) um, building a successful agency is two parts. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's attracting clients and like keeping them happy and also managing a team and keeping them happy. Mm -hmm. And it's funny. I started growing a team about a year ago and like it's so wild what shifts. You know what's funny is I actually just had a call with Melissa from Waverly. Oh yeah. <laughs> today. And um and that was like something we really talked about a lot was like where time was going and I realized I spend in the last 90 days the majority of my time managing the team. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny how that happens as you like, you know, start to hire and like I mean you're at the top obviously like mm-hmm. if we're looking at it logistically like right. you're managing a team of people. Mm-hmm. So how do you manage a strong client base and keep them happy and also ensure the growth and satisfaction of your team. How does that work for you? You know what? It's something that you have to build a team around you of people that you trust and let them fly. Um, I think I said to my team very early on, it's okay to make mistakes. I don't want you to be afraid to send an email to a client. You know, when I first, first started hiring, it was like, you know, oh, here's the email I'm going to send to the client. Do you want to take a look at it? And I'm like, oh yeah, sure. And I would take a look at the email or, oh, here's like, you know, the assignment, here's the blog, here's the social media content calendar. Do you want to review this before it goes to client? Yes. And I kept saying, yes, yes, I want to review everything. And I almost paralyzed my team to the point where they didn't want to send anything to a client unless I looked at it or I approved it. And honestly, thanks to 
ClickUp. I feel like I should be an ambassador for them. I started to see like my task list and I'm like, this is crazy, Haley. Like you are the bottleneck for the entire agency. And it just like I had that reality check where if I want to continue to grow, if I want to continue to service more clients, which I do because I love it, I have to pull myself out of the process. And what I did was just put amazing people in place. We put in um, editors as well to add that additional layer. Um, I hired a full-time content manager to really manage and be that liaison between my team, between my writers, between the clients, and just let them fly. And it also was my brother who said to me one time, like, how do you know that you need to look at every piece of content? And I said, well, you know, I've just been doing this for so long and I know what's working and I know the clients. And And he's like, yeah, but you don't know that they wouldn't like what your team is creating. Like, what if they love what your team is creating better than, you know, your version of it? And it really also was like that reality check. You know what? You're right. Like, why am I bottlenecking these processes? Like, my team is talented and let them send it to the clients. And if the clients have feedback, they can share that with us. And I think once I started communicating that to my team, like, we can make all the mistakes in the world. I don't mind if we miss something if, you know, we drop the ball on something, it's okay. We just don't make the same mistake twice. And I think that being able to really empower them to feel comfortable enough to, you know, do their best work and put it forward and wait for client feedback versus Haley's feedback on everything really helped kind of shift our processes. And now I love it because sometimes we do a biweekly team call and sometimes my team is telling me things that I have no idea are even happening. And that's my favorite because I'm like, this means it's working because I don't even know what you're doing and the client loves it. And then a client will randomly send me an email like, oh, you know, Marla nailed this or Valerie did such a great job on my content this month. And I didn't even see it. And that's like my favorite part about it, because if I can get my team to own what they're doing and just run with it, I know that the sky is the limit for us. Yeah, man, that really um, hits home. I feel like I'm so in the day to day. No, it does. Yeah. And you know, I I want to empower the teams, but I also feel like I've paralyzed them in a lot of ways because everything runs through me and it doesn't need to. Mm-hmm. They they're mm-hmm. totally capable. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's like such gold advice I think to people growing teams. I mean, even if you're in the thick of it like me, just empower them to like make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And they're going to learn from them. And and you're right. We don't want to make the same mistake twice, but it's okay to make them because that's how you learn. That's how you grow. That's really great. Yeah. And my team also knows like I have their back. So if something happens and a client is unhappy with something, which we're very fortunate is rare, but if it happens, they know that I will have their back. We'll problem solve together. I will never like you know, leave them to the wolves. I'm here. I support them. I'm here for them. But they also have the autonomy to do what they need to create great content, to make sure our clients are happy and to get the results that we're here for. Yeah, 100%. Okay. Well, kind of on that tune of unhappy clients, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, you serve small businesses and digital agencies, correct? Like Mm -hmm. those are kind of your, okay. What are some common struggles or pain points that you encounter with those clients? Yeah, you know what? I think it's being able to like wade through all the noise and, you know, you're getting advice left and right and you're scrolling through your 
timelines and you're getting emails of like all these best practices and top ways to grow and here's how to create your content and here's how to save time. And, you know, so I think it's just being able to really manage expectations and explain while, yes, there's all these new tools and yes, the algorithms are constantly changing and yes, there's new features and you want to be first to market. You don't want to be lagging. The fundamentals of marketing are not changing. Those are the fundamentals. It's based on psychology. It's based on the way that people interact, the way people consume. Like for right now, that's not changing. So while maybe there are new new tools or there's, you know, new features that come out that you want to be a part of, that foundational aspect of it is not going to change. So, you know, being able to really understand what is their goal and ultimately creating the best path to get there with what we know works and using that like fundamental piece. And for us, we focus a lot on the messaging. Um, At the end of the day, it's the messaging that converts someone. The visuals can attract, the messaging converts. So we're very clear with our clients about how important it is to nail a consistent message with every piece of content or, you know, with copywriting and websites and all of that aspect too being able to just nail that message first and then everything else kind of comes into play. So I think just being able to um, communicate that and help them understand that we know there are changes. We are constantly monitoring them, but we're also going to help put a plan in place that's the best plan for them and their audience. And just because you know, people are now using TikTok for search, it's really the younger generation. So if you're targeting you know, middle-aged adults, male, female, whoever your audience is, like they're likely not using TikTok as a search. But if you're targeting, you know, gen, whatever we're up to these days, then yes, you do need to be on TikTok and you do need to be sharing your messages there. So we're constantly communicating. We're very open with our clients. It's something that I believe very strongly in. We're not going to promise something that we can't um, deliver on. But being able to really lay out for them um, what we're looking at in a marketing landscape and what we're looking at in a copy and a content strategy, and here's the pieces to get there, and here's why. Yeah. So has AI like really impacted anything in terms of like how your clients see what you do? It's funny. I don't think so. Um, I think most of our clients are not clients that feel like what we do can be replaced with AI. Um, some are definitely dabbling in it. I think some are trying to use it to like automate things, but in terms of a replacement, we're fortunate that our clients really understand the benefits of human first human generated content. Um, and we don't really see, and we're not really coming up against those like, oh, well I can just have AI create this. So why do I need you? I think that they really understand the holistic picture. And while AI can certainly help you speed things up, it can't create that strategy, that brand personality. Like so much of that comes from within. And if you're having an issue articulating it yourself, AI is not going to be of much help there. Um, So I'm not not a believer in it. I think it's great and it's going to do great things. But um, in terms of running up into challenges with, you know, us versus AI, we have not had that. No, that's really good. Yeah, AI is is really cool in a lot of ways. Like 
I mean, if you think outside of just having it, which mo- I think most consumers look at AI and they're like, oh, it's yeah, it's going to like rewrite this paragraph for me and it's going right. to make it sound better. Like, cool. Most people don't realize like AI has been around forever. Like we use yeah. Grammarly on everything uh-huh. we do yeah, because so do I just, yeah, it's like, I just want to make sure that I didn't mistype anything or like have a double negative or mm-hmm. whatever. And so like people don't realize Passive that's voice. AI. Yeah. Right. And like it's yeah. been around forever. Loom, Loom AI, right. incredible because mm-hmm. it then like transcribes the video or like gives chapters. We use Otter AI and like so yeah. pretty much all of our because, yeah, I would love a recap and I'd love for it to be chapterized as well, <laughs> you yeah. know? And you know what? And I think that like that type of approach and embracing it in those aspects is is amazing. Like it's here to help. Um but, you know, there's still so far to come. And it doesn't mean that in, you know, years from now, there's not going to be the ability for it to do that. But right now, um, you know, if if we see and, – and I can spot, and I'm sure you can too, Lauren. Like yeah. I can spot when something is AI generated, especially for social media, for captions. I'm like, okay, wow, this is can, definitely – Can like, I just – Yeah. <laughs> I Can I just tell you how many times – I'm actually staring at a piece right now on my wall that was printed that we've gotten website copy from clients that because they decide to write it on their own. Wow. We've had to put a disclaimer and like instructions in all of our work and even our contracts now that's like we cannot accept content that's written by ChatGPT. Like we've gotten Loom videos from clients where you could see ChatGPT up in the corner. We've like printed out one that was quite metal worthy that I was like, this is, there's just no that. way. That's amazing. Human. You need to send that to me. I would love to see that. I will show you. <laughs> I will show you. And I will send it to you later. Oh my gosh, please. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, it's epic. It's definitely, and, and we joke about it internally and it's, it's just funny because people think it's kind of a solution to their copywriting problems. And yeah, you're right. Like we use copy AI um, internally for some things and it's great because you can, we've played with it too. Like you can upload a brand voice and like a messaging guide and, but it's so like, <laughs> we trust, we tested it with brand good time. We put like a couple co- uh, paragraphs of like website copy and like, we kind of have this like slight twist with like cocktail lingo Mm -hmm. and oh my gosh the stuff it comes up with is so corny like so cornball (laughs) and I'm just like I would never use this like I would never use this you know and I think the thing is especially with like copy and content it's being able to connect to your audience so when people are what I find is when people seem to be turning to AI, it's like to make it easier for them, right? Like, oh, I don't want to sit and have to think or like, oh, I can just whip out, you know, 10 social media captions or 10 blog posts, but they're not actually thinking about why are you creating that content in the first place? Because you're trying to grow your reach. You're trying to, you know, get more sales. You're trying to bring in more subscribers to your email list. But you're not actually thinking about them because you're just like, I just want to make this easier for me. You're not thinking about the person that now has to read it and feel inspired enough to take an action. So it's just this like, you know, I think people feel that pressure like, okay, I have to get all this content out. But you're not thinking about that person that needs to ultimately become your client or your customer. No, like, yeah, they're, they're checking a content box is how I like to look at that when they're like, Write this blog post or whatever. Most people don't realize, like, as marketers, there's so much research that goes into what we do. Mm-hmm. I mean, with websites and with content creation, we even do. It's like we're all up in SEM rush. We're like mm-hmm. digging That's deep it. to see what people are searching. Yeah, you get it. You get 100%. it. That's our and, world. 
<laughs> yeah. And like, by the way, those softwares aren't cheap. So like we yeah. are back. We're, we're not just like guessing here mm-hmm. at what's going to work. Like, oh, yeah, we could go on a tangent about that one, I think. But <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Well, kind of bringing it back home here, I want to switch over and talk a little bit more about like life and parenting as a business owner. Mm-hmm. So um, I know we talked about like, you know, having that off time when you're with your kids, but what are some other effective ways that you feel like you can maintain somewhat of a work-life balance as a parent and an entrepreneur? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think it just comes down to realizing that you do have the ability to do it all as long as you're really intentional about it. Um, And I think for me, it looks like I'm a planner. So clearly my time blocking probably indicated that to you, but it's just like planning that time, you know, it's, and it's not that you can't be spontaneous or anything like that, but it's knowing that you want to make the space to have with your kids, or you want to make the space to be able to, you know, do multiple things at the same time. So just having a plan for that. And I'm that kind of person, like I wake up in the morning and I'm not like, oh, okay, let's like have a leisurely, you know, morning. And no, I'm like, you know, what are we doing? It's 7.30. Like, and I always laugh because all the places for kids don't open until like 10 o'clock. Like, what are people supposed to do with their kids? Like, my kids are done eating breakfast and like dressed by 7.30. So like, what are we doing? You know? Yeah. But just really having that plan. And I like to look at my week and say, okay, what am I doing this week? And like, where can we take them? What's going on? Like, there's food trucks in our neighborhoods on some nights. Um, Let's have dinner at the food truck. So just having that plan for kind of everything that you're doing really helps you have that balance. Um, And to me, for my sanity, it's, you know, some people would be like, oh, well, I want to have like that time or, you know, oh, I don't want everything like so planned out. And yeah, you leave room for spontaneity. But for me, I always like to go into my day with a plan. And that's how I know that I'm going to be able to get to everything I want and see everyone I want and spend the time where I want um, because I do always have a plan. Yeah. I think, uh, again, we're in this day and age where people knock like things that have worked for humans Mm -hmm. over a long period of time, you know, Mm -hmm. like schedules. That's a word in the dictionary for a reason. Um, Kids thrive off routine and there's like a level of fulfillment that comes from being productive and being productive usually stems from having a plan and having a plan usually involves a schedule. Yeah. So I, I'm totally with you on that. I've always been a time blocker even before I had kids and a kid and I feel the same way and lists. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh yeah. Lists, schedules. I have like a hard copy paper calendar on my fridge of like the yeah. month and who has school? Who doesn't have school? What days like we have appointments? What like I have all of that so that everyone in my house can see what's going on and when and you know even when my mom or my in-laws or my parents they come over like they can see it and everyone knows who where everyone's going and at what time. Um but yeah, that schedule is everything. And just from like a mom perspective, I find or I've found over the years that kids with schedules tend to behave and just be so much better and they're so much happier because they know like, oh, I don't, you know, have to get upset and like whine or cry for a snack or for food because every time I'm hungry, my mom happens to feed me or, oh, I don't have to like, you know, worry about 
taking a nap or get all overtired because my mom always happens to put me down for a nap or for sleep every time I'm tired. So, and it's not to say that there can't be flexibility. Like there's definitely flexibility. You know, my kids have come with us to events. We're both the oldest in our family. So sometimes family dinners are late or, you know, we have events, we have weddings that are happening um, and we want our kids to be there. So there's room for flexibility, but I think always having that schedule to fall back on and just everybody knows what's happening makes such a difference. You're so much more efficient with your time and you're, you're calm. Like, you know, okay, every day for me, it's six o'clock is kids in the bath and it's, it, it makes it so much better because I know that that's what's happening. My kids know that that's what's happening. And then they can have a leisurely, playful bath because they're getting in at the same time every day and they have the time to play. So yeah, I'm a big proponent of schedules in all aspects of life. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, that's so true. So how, do you like schedule any self-care time or like do you take any solo mom trips? Like how do you protect uh, your question. – Because I don't know about you, but, like, sometimes I'm, like, I just want to be in a corner by myself. Leave me alone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, honestly, I wish I could say I do, but I really don't. And sometimes I just look at it like my kids are only this young for such a short period of time. My oldest is four. My youngest is 11 months. And I feel like we had them very close together, but also intentionally so that we're kind of moving through the stages at very similar times. And I kind of look at it, which, you know, maybe it's good, maybe it's bad. Like these are my crazy years. Like these are my chaos years with my kids being young and they need obviously everything from their parents. And, you know, I kind of look at it like they fulfill me a lot. Like my, what I do fulfills me a lot. My kids, my husband fulfill me a lot. So I feel almost like that's a little bit of self-care too, to be able to like indulge with them take them to museums and take them to shows. Like I get a lot of enjoyment out of it. Um, And then I have made it a point to be a little bit more intentional with like doing at least one thing for myself every day. So that could be like watching a show on Netflix at night. That could be going and, you know, doing a morning Starbucks run, um, taking a walk. Um, You know, so I do try to do at least one thing for myself. Like you know, cook a really good meal or sometimes I'm like, it's even my water intake because I'm terrible with water. So sometimes I'll be like, you know what, I'm going to just go and sit down and like sit down outside and just drink a really cold glass of water and sit here for five minutes uninterrupted. Um, So maybe a little bit, maybe that counts as self-care, but I also feel like that will kind of come in time. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, you're inspiring me to reframe my mind because right now between my husband and I we have rules and those rules are like you get this many trips you get this many mm-hmm. trips and like <laughs> we kind of tag team our like I I mean before I was married before I had kids like travel was a huge thing that I did oh, yeah us too yeah and I like even solo like solo travel like I went to Europe with <laughs> without my cute you dropped me off at the airport he's like goodbye have fun you know I and uh that we don't share the love for it. Like we, he will travel and we do things and it's great, but man, like I need that. Sometimes I just need that like serious unplugging, but I can also appreciate your only kids. Your kids are only young ones and you know, if it's five minutes here and there. Exactly. Like everything is a balance and you just, you have to go to sleep at night feeling fulfilled and happy. And if you're not, then you know, something has to change. 
Um, yeah. You know, and I find now like I'm more anxious if I travel without my kids than traveling with my kids. Like it's chaos, right? And I actually saw something the other day that was like, you know, something about how like being with kids is chaos regardless. And I'd rather have my chaos with a good view. And I think it's like such a good perspective to have because yeah, if you take a vacation with your kids, it's not a vacation, but at least you're doing the same thing with your kids in a beautiful place or somewhere new. Um, So I think some of it is just a perspective switch. And I think it's also okay. Like it's okay to say, I need to take, you know, one day, one trip, one weekend a month to like totally myself. And I think that's absolutely acceptable. And you need to build the schedule, the life, the perspective that you need to feel happy and fulfilled. Because if you're not happy and fulfilled, nothing else is going to run the way it should. Your house won't, your company won't. Um, But if you can go to sleep at night feeling really good about everything that you're doing, then it's okay if you're not following the, oh, you need, you know, an hour of self-care every day or whatever it is. Okay. So have you had any moments where you've gone to bed and you're like, I'm not fulfilled right now. What do I do about this? So I have definitely had those moments of like almost awakenings. And I I feel that for sure where I'm like, oh, you know, someone's going to a mommy and me class in the middle of the day. And I'm like, you know, I really wish I could do that. But that time really doesn't work for me. And then I have those moments where I'm like, okay, well, you know, am I, am I in the right place? Are we building this the way that we should be building this? And I think what brings me back to reality is just like coming back to that full picture because I think it's so easy to get caught up in the day to day. You get caught up in the moment. You have a really stressful, you know, night or morning. Um, and I think it's just coming back to that, like, you know, high level view of things and like looking at your life. And I really have not had that moment. And I feel very fortunate to say where I felt like, oh, I'm totally in the wrong place or I'm, you know, on the wrong path. I think I've always been someone who really stays true to myself. And I just operate in a way that like doing what's best for myself and the people around me will create a life that's, you know, fulfilling and amazing and I've been lucky to be able to do that. That's awesome. No, that's really good. It's so funny. We can get so bogged down in like those thoughts and it's like, what is the meaning of life at the end of it all? And you're yeah, like, absolutely. oh man, it's, um, yeah, but that's, that's really helpful. Cool. Well, do you have any advice for other entrepreneurs or agency owners growing their business? I mean, I know you, I mean, I want to say your business is still in its infancy because like 2020 was not that long ago, but you seem so seasoned. So like, what are like one or two things that you've learned that you really want to like bestow upon anyone in this growth phase? I, I think, especially as an owner, you just, you have to learn to let go. I think that's something I really struggled with in the beginning with with bringing on a team and starting to expand and introducing my clients to new people. Like when I started with a team, I had them in the background, you know, they were working on deliverables and I remained the face. And now in the last really like year or so, I've really focused on letting go and like letting my team be the face, be out there. Like I love when they come to me with like, Haley, have you seen this trend and can we do this? And, and I love it. And actually I had a a call this week with my team and um, they're all coming into this office space this week. And they were like, can we have some time to like film reels? And, and I love that. Like, I love seeing that, that energy and that excitement and that passion. And I think it's, 
because you have to learn to let go. Like if you're building something that you believe in, other people can join in your vision and help you build it too. And I think learning to kind of take a step back and let other people take that step forward really helps in in growing and in, in scaling and finding the right you know clients to work with. Um, so that's what I would recommend trying. Sometimes it's easier said than done. And sometimes you might say, oh, okay, maybe I let go a little too much. But overall, I think if you learn to let go, you'll be pleasantly surprised with the results. Yeah. No, that's I'm actually absorbing the information as you're saying it. So oh, I appreciate okay. that. Of course. Well, I've really loved this conversation. I've loved speaking with you. Obviously, we have to get together. But in the meantime, because it's not about me, where can everyone else find you online? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So on social media, we're pretty much at The Ridden World on every social media platform. And then our website is theriddenworldagency.com. Awesome. Well, thank you again for being on the podcast today. And um, thank you everyone for tuning in. We will see you on the next episode. Thanks, Lauren.